0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome
1: to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet.
0: And welcome to the Raw Report here on Suplex Street Tweet Extra. Now, my name's Ross McLeod, and if you've listened in the past few weeks, you know <clears throat> you know what's going to happen. We'll have a wee back and forward with the SmackDown show, the, the fortnightly show where they cover a weekly show. You know what I mean? Anyway back to the wrestling should be anyway back to recording because they never record it. We have a go at the Rants. The Rhines have a go at us. The Ryans claim they're tag team champions. The Ryans claim they're this, that, the next thing. So, we here at the Raw Report, me and Jack, we got offered the chance to do a sweep against the two Ryans at Backlash. However, being the A-show, we have to up the ante a wee bit here. So, we challenged the Ryans to a best of five series. Five sweeps from now until SummerSlam. Winner is the A-show. We put that challenge forward. That challenge has been accepted. So this coming Sunday, myself and Ryan Wilson will be going one-on-one in a sweep at TakeOver in your house. Next week at Backlash, my co-host Jack will be taking on Ryan Gallagher. Extreme Rules, I will take on Ryan Gallagher in a one-on-one sweep. The August SummerSlam weekend takeover. Jack will take on Ryan Wilson. And then we will each present co-sweeps, Team Raw, Team Smackdown. We'll be going up against the Boys in Blue. I bet they love that. At SummerSlam, in a fifth sweep, winner take all. Winner is the A-Show. We're not going to sit and talk about made-up tag team titles. We're not going to sit and claim that we should be awarded titles. Because that, that's just tainted, in my opinion. So, we at the Raw Report are going to strike first. And I am going to give you my takeover in your house predictions for the first of five straight victories we are going to have over the Ryans. Jack, it's it's quite ridiculous it's got to this stage. But, you know, we have to put people in their place.
1: I know. It, it's, it got to the point that actually delayed us recording. You know what I mean? When they just come at us and be like, oh... Let's just have one sweep and our crowns the winner crowns a championship. Right? No, no, that's it's not. It's not how it works. You know what I mean? We 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 can show the people. We can show WWE how to do a best of whatever series match correctly. We don't need Sheamus and Cesaro. You need the Raw Report and you need these two pricks known as Ryan. You know what I mean? This is what the people have been clamoring for all this time, and to crown themselves tag team champions—it's absolutely shocking. You can't just give yourself a title. You can't just do that. You can't get a season called off and you give it a title there and then. You know what I mean? It's not—it's not right. You need to play, play to the last bell, play to the last whistle, and win the title. And that's exactly, exactly what the boys here at the Royal Report are going to do.
0: Yes. So we are telling the boys in blue, step up and play. So, Ryan, on this eh, on this week's Anyway Back to the Wrestling, or is it next week's Anyway Back to the Wrestling, I honestly couldn't tell you whenever they record this, you know what I mean? We'll probably give you his NXT in your house prediction. So I'm going to give you mine right now. I'm going to go with Karrion Cross defeating Tommaso Ciampa. I'm going to go with Charlotte Flair retaining her women's title. I'm going to go with Finn Balor defeating Damian Priest Velveteen Dream to become the new NXT champion against Adam Cole Johnny Gargano to become the new North American champion against Keith Lee and in the six women tag match I'm going to go with Dakota Kai Candice LeRae and Raquel is it Raquel Gonzalez is that her name? doesn't matter it's the winning team you know what I mean it's the winning team team. It's it's the Raw Report team it's all the, most
1: success-
0: the most successful team in podcasts and ESSR's gallant few. That's who we are, Jack.
1: <laughs> oh, it's just set in stone, mate. It'll be one of the famous and we'll be playing to our heart's content.
0: And unlike the rhymes, we're not going to edit in some stupid, you know, TikTok music or, you know, try to become an internet meme. We're not going to sit and talk about our personal lives here. We're just going to sit and record the wrestling. It's all about the wrestling, man. You know what I mean? So, anyway, let's get back to the wrestling, eh?
1: I will. Yes, I will before, before we carry on, I'll wish an apology to the listeners that will maybe so happen to listen to anyway back to the wrestling because they probably won't hear Ryan's, Ryan's prediction streets until after in your house. And they'll be waiting for so long to see who wins and we'll need to provide that next week. I know. I really... It really,
0: really is shocking that they cannot get on a proper schedule. I mean, they both work for the council. So, I mean, it explains why nothing ever gets done over... Uh, anyway, back to the wrestling. Typical council worker mentality. <laughs> Sorry to all council workers. <laughs> no, fuck you. Clean my clothes properly. <laughs> right, let's, get, let's,
1: let's get back to,
0: to Raw. Right, anyway, back to the wrestling. Uh Yes, this is covering Raw from Monday, 1st of June 2020. Lost track of the years there due, due, due to this coronavirus thing. I've just. It, it honestly seems like March dragged, April and May flew. January feels somehow like yesterday and yet 14 years ago. Just, I've lost all track of time here, Jack. I've. I,
1: I've, I lose days so easy. I know that I work five days and I'm off two days and I just know what was five days in a row and that's about it. I know oh this the second day I work and I usually record the raw report and then I've got Saturday draft live the first the first day off and that's that's usually me. That's how I kinda keep everything in check. But you lose you lose everything at some point, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I'm working this Sunday. I'm working, I took Tuesday off there so my just my days are all over the place. Uh, honestly. I think it's a day that ends with tea or starts with or starts with tea. I should say, can't even spell it anymore. That's the effects of coronavirus. Anyway, <laughs> just before we begin, a wee bit of housekeeping: the usual at Suplex Retweet. You know, find well. That's where you find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and of course, we're available on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, and all good Android podcasting sites. If we're not on that Android podcasting site, look elsewhere because it's clearly not worth your time. That's eat, sleep, suplex, retweet, and suplex, retweet, extra. So, let's just talk about the shit stuff first, as we usually do, Jackie. Aye, of course. So, we have, you know, we've talked about the Ryans and their stupid TikTok music and all that. Let's talk about another knobhead doing a TikTok. Rob Gronkowski, may as well be called Ryan Gronkowski, that's how much he a knobby is. He was, he was a shit WrestleMania host He's been a shit 24-7 champion And it looks like Now that he's uh, unretired for football He's on a Paul Scholes He's signed for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Along with Tom Brady uh, It looks like his association with WWE Is going to be thankfully a very short one We don't have to see him and Mojo Rawley With the Tag Team Championships Which honestly sounds like Scott's worst nightmare um, but we see him um, setting up a TikTok we see a gardener in the background who a blind man could have tell was R-Truth, Stevie Wonder could have tell this was R-Truth r flipping mulch and as Rob Gunn-Crowsey turns around to inspect the gardener, the man recording his TikTok takes his jacket off to reveal a referee's shirt R-Truth wins the title for what seems like the one millionth time <laughs> And thankfully we're gonna see the twenty four seven title back on T V again and not just on some bell end of a footballer.
1: I mean, obviously Gronk never had in his head like whatsoever that he was actually going to compete at any time and you know what I mean. This was cool, like the the the, the, the money move to get back to the years to be with his pal Tom Brady you know if he's if he's saying oh I'm working for the WWE now and they're only located in Florida so I'll be there all the time you know I could I can play football as well it's, it's very smart business wise but honestly thank fuck he's gone you know what I mean like imagine, imagine if he was actually going to be in WWE like properly oh no I don't even want to I don't even want to
0: 36 reigns according to Wikipedia I don't know if that is including this past Monday's one, or if it's... Or if it's... As of June 4th 2020, it's in. So as of today, yeah, it's, it's been updated. There's been 36 reigns. 36 people have held it over 97 reigns. So R-Truth has as many reigns as people have held this title.
1: That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> He's held over his 36 reigns. He's held it for 100, recognised by WWE as 153 days. So, just to get our calculator out here. Around 53 divided by 36. He holds the title on average for 4.25 days. So, four and a quarter days every rain. Day. Impressive.
1: I'd, I'd want stats like that from my title rings. Bruno's at a level. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it'll
1: be it'll be good to have it back into telly. It was always an enjoyable factor, especially when I was asking, uh Drake Maverick. And now with it being back, there's other possibilities and avenues that can go down and again. So, well, it'll be it'll be good just to have me like at what their attempt of fun is back on telly. Besides that, piss we've got going on with Street Profits and Viking Raiders.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ, I know. Right. Um, so, moving thankfully on from Rob Gronkowski, we move on to the highlight of Raw the past few weeks Seth Freakin' Rollins. Uh, he's hosting Ray Mysterio's retirement ceremony. He's saying that Ray was chosen, Ray offered himself as a sacrifice. He shows this dead, cheesy video package that ends with, in black and white, Ray's face being shoved into the steps um, which sets up a match between Alistair Black and Seth Rollins but before we get into the Alistair Black Seth Rollins match Jack is it just going to be another week of you gushing over Seth
1: Rollins? Of course it is do you you expect anything different now you know what I mean oh class expected this this is this is peak Rollins for me this week you know what I mean having having this kind of sermon, this retirement ceremony, honouring honoring the career of Rey Mysterio and like highlighting how important this sacrifice is to set Rollins back on the track he's meant to be to lead Rollins. Being this deluded messiah is a very, very, very hard gimmick to pull off. I don't, I can't think, I, I presume it's been done in the past, maybe like even like Undertaker or something, like that's done it in the past for this kind of, Weeding a cult so to speak to going forward I don't think anyone's done it as effectively and as powerfully as what Roland is doing it now yeah he's very um,
0: for old school fans and old school reference here Raven and ECW the sort of you know like Raven was so good that the storyline was he turned Sandman's kid against him and I honestly, he mentions it on Raw Talk. He would be happy to take Dominic Mysterio under his wing. I think if you want Dominic Mysterio in the WWE, and you know you want a, you want to maybe make him like something new, something you know different from Rey Mysterio. I I don't think there's anyone better to put him with than the likes of Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy because. Austin Theory's going to benefit from it. I can see them putting Dominic Mysterio with them, and I'd be all for that.
1: <laughs> I would I imagine, obviously, that it's, they're going to get Dominic involved in this kind of storyline as well, which seems really good. It seems kind of the right way forward, as maybe it is kind of getting to the point that Mysterio kind of near the end of his career. It's just, just that ha, having Rollins in any storyline like story right now just... Insulin makes it better, and you wouldn't have thought you'd been saying that after the Hell in a Cell match against Bray Wyatt. You wouldn't have thought that like Ron was able to pick himself back up and like reinvent himself and become better than what he ever has been. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so we got into a match with
0: Alistair Black and Seth Rollins, Seth Scott, Austin Theory, and Buddy Murphy by side as always. Um, Austin Theory and Buddy Murphy go to attack Alison Black when he gets thrown outside. Podcast favourite wrestler, Humberto Carrillo. Vanilla, as Vanilla can be, comes running out with a chair to sort of try even the odds. He ends up getting beaten down on the outside. Seth Rollins goes for the quick roll-up on Black. Black reverses it and a roll-up of his own to get the victory. And... After the match, the three-on-two advantage is just far too much. Rollins and his disciples beat them down. I think this is clearly setting up to either a six-man tag match at Backlash or a six-man tag match at Extreme Rules. I think that the way they're doing the numbers game, it's the only thing I can see going forward. Yes, it'll
1: be a it'll be a good way to kind of prolong the feud and get the feud kind of. To, to track on to probably be a, a a big SummerSlam match, especially if it have like implications of Mysterio actually retiring or something as well. So I was clamouring for a for a heel turn of Mysterio, but at the end, but well, this is this is a very good route to go down, I think, and especially the, the personal level it's got to now. Yeah, absolutely. Um they mentioned
0: obviously Ray is the greatest mass superstar of all time. I don't think many people can argue with that. What I think people can argue with is that greatest, uh, Ray sorry, is not the greatest on promos. Um, after the Seth Rollins retirement ceremony and the match, we get an interview with Ray. Ray is talking about how you know he's not going to be a sacrificial lamb. He's not, you know, damn Seth Rollins for everything he's put his family through. The words are there. You know, they, you know, the feud has that intensity But at the same time It's why Rey Mysterio's never been You know On the mic very much In his career Because he's certainly Not the best on the mic
1: I I thought Dominic Did a better job Cutting up promo than he did To be honest <laughs> I think Dominic Looks like
0: Ma- a thin version Of Manny From Modern Family
1: uh, I can, uh, Yeah I could see that but I, That's quite funny <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you. I do try. We do try to add a little bit of,
1: a little bit of banter.
0: <laughs> I mean, we we can tell a joke here on this show. We're going, oh, will be a funny, such and such's on nice podcast? Bricks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. So Anyway, back to the wrestling. Um, yeah, Ray says, you know, <clears throat> damn you for everything you've done. He stands up and walks away, and Dominic looks right down the camera and says. If you're a man of scripture Seth Rollins then you understand this an eye for an eye and as you mentioned Dominic was better than Ray
1: here What what, what I've got from this is like Dominic's going to gouge out his own eye and give it to Rollins and be like look I'm joining you, here's my parting gift
0: So he's going to be like Snake from Metal Gear Solid just floating about with an eye patch (laughs) Fair enough I really am looking forward to having Ray back I think maybe a a, a stipulation six man tag maybe like a big extreme rules match between Ray Humberto and Alistair Black against Rollins and his disciples like everyone in there has got some flashy high flying moves and you know the, the stipulation where they can just scrap all over the arena I think would be would be a great one but you could even do like if they're still doing cinematic style matches, they could do one of them, and it sets up to Raymond Mysterio versus Rollins at SummerSlam. I think you know, be fantasy book here every week. Seth Rollins just is so good at the minute that there's just so many possibilities. You want to just see where it goes. I say,
1: so I just given great scope for like what We can see down the road, especially when it's they're they're very limited in what they can actually put out. We've got like superstar wise for who's willing to travel to compete and who they can actually have on Raw because obviously we're, we're, we're pretty much seeing the same folk every week on Raw right now. But the folk they've got are able to put on like pretty much any story, which is very beneficial.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I do agree with you. Uh, it does obviously lead, to, like sometimes it can lead to repeat matches, but better storylines.
1: Ah, exactly. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of it's what's needed right now because obviously back, wait, even like when you have fans in the show and stuff, it's a bit. Umberto probably wouldn't be in this story right now if it was a, uh, if, if everything was in a normal situation. He'd probably just be facing like I don't know Cedric Alexander or something like that every week or be on main event or something like that but they're able to kind of utilise him in a way that can keep him on TV and be somewhat involved in the storyline which is good yeah. I mean obviously we don't like him better but I'd rather see him in something like this than just see him in pointless matches I'd be more irritated that yeah I just I find
0: him so bland and so dull like I, he's a good wrestler but he's just like what is his gimmick other than I am a fan of Rey Mysterio.
1: I don't know it's been his gimmick for the past year or so. <laughs> um, so from
0: Seth Rollins to the WWE title picture, now Drew McIntyre's WWE title picture, and the storyline with MVP and Bobby Lashley, I think it's been quite good. But this week, it sort of felt that like they didn't really have been for them. Um, it just, it just sort of felt like. Uh, let's just throw the champion on the show, sort of thing this
1: week. Yeah, it was. Um, it's something that I, I, I said a couple of weeks ago that I hope it's not rushed. I was hoping this would be quite a, a long thing, and maybe the think like we both agreed that we wouldn't really want to see the WWE title being defended on Backlash because it'd be good. It would be good to kind of give the Universal title a kind of spotlight and Drew. Not that Drew needs a break, but a bit of a bit. Of, time away so he's not on the pay-per-view to allow this kind of storyline to go on and I feel that they're just kind of rushing it and at this point this, this week I off the delay title pictures, it just didn't hit the mark for me at all, it was just something that just felt very filler Yeah um,
0: the only really storyline advancement is the the sort of friction between MVP and Lana and um, Lana's not happy with what MVP said about her. Uh, Lana says to MVP, this isn't about your homie from 13, 14, 15 years ago. This is about you trying to restart your failing career. And MVP just leans in and goes, well, isn't that why you married him? And Lana hits him with possibly the worst slap ever. I have used more fu- more force to waft a fart away with my palm. Than Lana used to
1: slap MVP here. Yeah, it was just get Lana off my TV. You know, I mean, just I I don't want to see her. She's just she's just bad, so 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 bad. I don't. I I thought that when they made this move complete with MVP and Bobby Lashley teaming up, I just thought we wouldn't see Lana again. I thought we'd have seen that one screaming match she had with herself. She was chucking like chairs about the place, and I thought that'd be it. There's no need for her to still be involved. Just, just get rid.
0: Yeah, she's just she's absolutely dire. You know, she's dire in ring. She's dire on the mic, and the worst thing about it is she's a professional actress by trade. Do
1: you know actually? See when you. Uh, you you said the other week that she was a professional actress. I was I was trying to think of stuff she'd been in before. But she's been in uh, what's that? There's a, there's a that Anna, is it Anna Kendrick that's in it? I don't know uh, the pitch one perfect. That, uh, I pitch, she's in that. hmm I think she's in two of them actually. Can uh, can she even sing? I bloody <laughs> hope not, because I be, should be getting that in Raw. Chris.
0: <laughs> she's been in Pitch Perfect, she's been in uh, she was an episode of Banshee. Um, I think she's done a few like WWE own brand films, sort of thing. But she's never done anything I know. It's probably why she was hired as a manager. You know what I mean? Like, career wasn't going anywhere. All right, I'll take the job at WWE. Ah,
1: it makes it makes sense, but also now that now her actual husband's gone, like, what exactly is there to do apart from being on like toll dealers and that?
0: And even still, if she's going to be on Talk Divas, look, part of the charm about like, Lana wasn't a well-liked cast member. Even the like, critical reviews of the show didn't paint on a favourable light. They said her home life and you know her husband like, really just stole the show. Talking about Rusev, Rusev isn't a contracted performer anymore. So he doesn't have to be on the show. He can turn around and go, actually, no, I don't want to be on it.
1: I don't know it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting obviously it's came out recently that uh, a lot of the released talent from WWE had been like I've been offered their contracts again but uh, a very reduced kind of pay cut so like just kind of probably minimal pay it'd be interesting if he was one of the folk that was offered and he just turned around and said no
0: yeah I think it will I think he was just so frustrated with WWE at the end that he just could not be asked with
1: it. I think probably the, 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 it's just Rusev Day, that that probably would have just like kind of set me off as like I want to get out right of here because it's like and it shows how how much Vince like natural people just getting over. Yeah, because that 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 took over everything. and it was the the yeah you know, the Royal Rumble and you had like all the different pay per views and even at Mania when. You know, introduced and it was, it was just all over the place, they didn't, didn't capitalise on one of the, t- the US titles, then they got Jinder Mahal didn't capitalise on the one of the tag titles, which they should have definitely done because that would have brought so much limelight into that career and the and the tag division itself because of them two being in it but they just dropped the ball and it's something that he's doing too regularly I think Yeah, absolutely they, they even try like like, we talk about
0: Lana ruining everything. They try to make, like, Lana day a thing. No one chanted it. They try to make, like, Lana the good guy and the the feud between Aiden and Rusev and it ended up just being one squash match. Rusev beats Aiden. Lana's back with Rusev. And then nothing else happens. You know what I mean? It was just... She just ruins everything she touches and she's going to ruin this MVP Bobby Lashley alliance. I I know she is.
1: The the only kind of bit I hope I can give you now is that it's been reported that MVP is not a producer for WWE anymore. He's signed on to be a full-time performer again. Good, good. I'm not 100%
0: crazy about wrestling unless it's maybe like Lashley needs a tag partner or like it's a handicap match. I don't want him wrestling, every, I want him just as Bobby Lashley's mouthpiece
1: I think I'll just give him scope to be on telly every week, to be that mouthpiece, to be that person at the ring just kind of cutting promos or like getting Lashley like kind of cheap buttons in that I think that's the kind of scope, like the way they've gone with it, so he's not too involved backstage Yeah, well we have ranted that
0: long about Lana, that we, we haven't even mentioned Drew McIntyre, did face MVP that's why I'm not a fan of MVP wrestling every week, obviously it's not a big deal to lose to the WWE champion. But when you're losing to R Truth with Buck in, or you know, you're <laughs> you're managing an Australian team for a week before they decide nah you're alright. Um that that starts to bring the MVP stock down a wee bit. Um Drew with the clean win over MVP, he takes out MVP and Bobby Lashley with a big sunset flip spot when Bobby Lashley pulls MVP at the ring the first time Drew throws MVP back in the ring, hits him with Claymore, 1-2-3 and as Raw goes off the air MVP sorry, Bobby Lashley puts Drew McIntyre into the full Nelson and starts choking the absolute life out of him, we see Drew start to go limp and lifeless as Raw goes off the air they're doing their best here to make us think that Bobby could become WWE Champion
1: yeah, but it's just, I, I'd be believable if this wasn't happening. at backlash—that that's my been my one gripe. But this—it's just happened far, far too soon for me. Yeah, I
0: agree. I think, um, I think maybe if they'd done it, you know, maybe the last pay per view before they announced they're going to bring crowds back, I'd maybe believe it. I'd think maybe, oh well. Drew's going to drop the title but then win it back and he's going to get his big moment he doesn't get in front of the crowd, you know, he's going to get that big pop, you know, it's, but I don't see crowds being back in time for Extreme Rules in four weeks, so unless Bobby Lashley's going to win, take out Drew, and then Drew returns after Bobby Lashley beats, I don't know, fucking Sheamus or King Corbin, I don't know, no even on Raw, you know what I mean, I'm just, I don't even know who it is. is. Ramey Steere, Ramey there you go, to further the, Seth Rollins feud. Um, and then Drew returns and it sets up SummerSlam. And oh, by the way, the crowds are coming back. But at the minute, I like Bobby Lashley, but I don't see him winning. And that, that does generally frustrate me. Uh,
1: it frustrates me as well, because I want, I want that moment for Drew to have a crowd he To win the title is like it's it's something that he really deserves, and I think Bobby Lashley would have been the very, the very man to win it and then hold it until that point. But we 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 saw in AEW when they've had to rush the John Moxley eh, Brody Lee feud, a loss to either of them would hampers them no ends, and obviously Brody Lee lost, and he's not been seen on Dynamite for two weeks. If Bobby Lashley loses, I don't. I don't imagine you will lose dirty or anything, you will lose Queen. What what can you do next? Yeah, I think that'll
0: just lead to like Lana maybe being a bit smug. She was at ringside as MVP got his head kicked off, maybe being like, Oh Bobby, you should come back to me as if, you know, he wasn't losing every week with Lana and its side at his side.
1: It's uh, it's just annoying because it's something that has so much promise, but they're in a rock and a hard place, and then they have to push it forward.
0: Yeah. Um, so we'll move on now from the WWE title scene to the women's tag team title scene. Uh, we had Billy Kay versus Nikki Cross on Raw in a singles match. Billy Kay picked up the win. Uh, it, was, it was your standard first singles match. Challengers beating champions to make it look like oh they, they could defeat them. Um what was telling about this match, Jack, was the camera zooming in on Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is usually right in to defend her partner or right in to, you know, make sure our partner's okay, win, lose, or draw. The camera panned in and Alexa Bliss was shaking her head and being like, Jesus Christ, what is she doing? sort of thing.
1: You know, yeah, it was a kind of, like a like a wee tease of like like uh, unrest in the tag team. I, I don't know. It was it was weird. I didn't I didn't expect it. When this team got together,
0: um, it seemed like Alexa Alexa Bliss was chasing Bailey for the WWE uh, the SmackDown tag team title. Uh, Jesus Christ, the SmackDown women's title. Far too many titles. The SmackDown women's title, and it looked like she was using Nikki Cross to help her win that title and then we thought oh they'll break up now they'll break up they end up winning the tag titles they co-host a moment of bliss they win the tag titles again at Wrestlemania so there's just there's been that there's been no tease for so long that I think we might be clutching at straws here like wait there was a dirty look there was a dirty look but it, she, she like Kevin Owens when Kevin Owens team with Chris Jericho because she has the despicable heel there's never a moment where she's in a team. You're like, ah, that team's gonna last. It's always when is she gonna turn her back on her?
1: Yeah, because that's, that's a point that is especially like so. There isn't really a credible babyface right now on on that shit show that the two Ryan's after review of SmackDown. If <laughs> they if they split up this tag team, Nikki will come out as like being the biggest babyface there and would be, like, the next in line to challenge for the title. And mm-hmm. that's someone that the fans can, like, organically get behind, because they, they really were getting behind Nicky's being this kind of crazy lunatic that, like, Alexa Bliss just kind of has to kind of calm down and, like, feed her coffee every so often or whatever, just to kind of <laughs> maintain levels. It's uh, it, it's something that would be interesting, but I just, just kind of didn't think it would be happening the now.
0: Yeah. Um, the Iconics were interviewed after Raw. They said... They'll be watching very closely this Friday on SmackDown. The Boston Hug Connection have a tag team title shot against uh, Bliss and Cross. They basically said, We beat, we'll beat Cross and Bliss in singles matches. We've beaten the Boston Hug at WrestleMania. We've got them in our back pocket. So we've got these tag team titles, basically just saying, Look, whoever wins, come ahead. I think this Friday on SmackDown, whoever wins that tag title match, more likely Bliss and Cross, you'll see getting announced for uh, backlash to defend against the Iconics.
1: Yeah, I would. I'd like it. I feel that the bell's being on the Iconics right now is kind of the right move because they are they are more they are more likely to appear on. Like NXT, for example, than what Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss are. Uh, Iconics yeah. just Iconics just feel feel more believable as tag team champions that go to different brands and just like glow at the champions and not want to defend it, but then just put in the position, oh, well, you can defend it on all the brands, so you will defend it and you will defend it tonight type thing, and they'll come away with like a like a sneak win or whatever. And it's it's more believable with them as champs. Yeah,
0: even, you know, we're fancy booking, I am even fancy booking SmackDown here. If the Iconics attack, you know, both teams during that tag match this week on SmackDown, it could maybe set up, because Nikki, sorry, because Bailey doesn't really have a SmackDown challenger at the minute for her title. You could maybe set up a triple threat tag match at Backlash the Iconics, the Boston Hug, Bliss and Cross, and maybe have Bliss and Cross retain by pinning like one of Bailey or Sasha Banks. And the Iconics, basically, they don't lose, they keep their momentum, and at the same time, they can stretch this feud out a wee bit longer, like, no, no, we want the tag titles, we weren't pinned, you didn't pin us, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, I'm not one for extending feuds out when they don't need to be extended, but there's not a women's tag team division, really. So, unless you're just going to have Bliss and Cross, you know, flip-flop it back, and, sorry, Bliss and Cross and the Iconics, you know, flip-flop it back and forward to each other, you kind of need to add other teams.
1: Yeah, especially, like, obviously, like, even the ones that have been, it's all really been kind of makeshift teams, apart from the Iconics, who so are actually a tag team. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it just it just it it does just make sense. It's something that I, I do want to see. So I, really, I really like the Iconics I've been a big fan since day one. Mm-hmm. Um. So from the
0: women's tag titles to the Raw women's title, got that right. Got it in one, thank God. Um, Nia Jacks, everyone's favourite safe worker, is in the ring. She cuts a promo on Asuka Wee bit of a racist promo here, Jack. <laughs>
1: Oh, it was a weird one, oh, was right. a weird one. I, I was not a fan I was cringing the full time so
0: basically I, you know Nia Jax, couple of good points about how, oh well she didn't win the women's title, she got awarded it getting some heat by going, oh Becky was pregnant, you got that title because of hormones, I thought that was a really good line thought that was completely fine He goes, she goes, but you run about here with your bright colours and your your stupid hair and you're speaking Japanese and you know the, the speaking Japanese is already borderline I don't think it's quite on the you know the, the welcome to the racist scale I don't think it's quite on the racist scale but then when you go speaking Japanese and then this is Nia Jax's world well, not mine go me 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 and make fun of how Japanese people talk you're like Yeah, you've you've completely like you could even see the trainees. It zooms in on Chelsea Green uh, and the other NXT developmental talent who are in the crowd, making up the crowd. And she just has a face like a faceless stone on her. Like, did she just say that? It was especially, especially in today's climate as well, with all the
1: protests and whatnot that are going on. Even think that that kind of promo is acceptable, Mm -hmm. knowing the backlash you could potentially get, Mm it's absolutely unreal.
0: Yeah, especially with you know the, the horrendous things that have happened in the past few weeks and you know racial tensions being quite high, it's not even excusable, even if someone goes, Oh, well, it was taped in advance, right? Well you're a billion dollar company with billion dollar editing technology you know what I mean like you could uh, you know they they used to do it on Smackdown all the time when Smackdown was pre-taped if they wanted to cut something out of promo they would cut to the crowd after one point and then cut back to the performer and you could just cut that bit out like it's just it really is just daft Um, We then get into a match with Nia Jax and Kairi Sane and it's another week, it's another unsafe match featuring Nia Jax she threw Kairi Sane face first, full force into the steel steps, so much so that Kairi Sane had a massive gash on her forehead required stitches and according to Brian Alvarez at the Wrestling Observer Newsletter and a WWE employee text her. Text him, sorry, saying Nia Jax needs to be fired before she fucking cripples someone. So there's that feeling backstage at WWE. So it just goes to show that you know it's not just the fans being, or oh, or she's unsafe, or she's this, or she's that. No, she is
1: reckless, and the WWE officials think so too. It's something that I've said. Many a time in Ajax. I, I I don't like her. I do think she's unsafe. I do think she's reckless. I, I would say though that I wouldn't say she was fully at fault. I felt that Kyrie could have prepared herself more. Obviously, she knew the move that was gonna happen. But maybe maybe it was it was rushed or whatever, I don't know. But it could have been better prepared by both. But it's just another incident involving Nia Jax again, where someone tried to require require like proper medical attention after a match. And you, yeah. can't, you can't keep on getting away with it so many times and you just allowed to do it again and again and again and again. There's got to be a point where you realise, look, she clearly can't do it or doesn't know how to do it or just shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing it, period, and nothing's getting done. Yeah, I mean, for Christ's sake, they sent the Big Show back to Developmental
0: to work on stuff after he main-evented a WrestleMania. They sent Kurt Hawkins back to Developmental after he was in the corner of Edge at a WrestleMania main event, so surely fuck if someone is blatantly injuring opponents every week and isn't wrestling safely, and you now have you know a million dollar training facility and access to the likes of Shawn Michaels and A Train and you know some some of the biggest names in WWE history coming back as guest trainers, I don't see why you wouldn't send her back to developmental.
1: It's it's honestly, but honest you me. I'm I'm absolutely done with her. To be honest, I don't don't care for her anymore. I, I, it's it's a write off for me. She's she's nothing to me now. Um. So we we move on. This
0: is, isn't the last we see a Jax of the night. Thankfully, you know we we get more nightjacks. Um. Charlotte Flair versus Asuka in a champion versus champion match. You know, see when Charlotte Flair won the NXT title, I was a big defender of it because I just thought, right, Charlotte Flair's basically fought everyone in WWE. She's had multiple pay per view matches with Sasha, with Bailey, with Becky Lynch. You know, she's fought everyone. Let's get her down to NXT for a year or two and let's have her, you know, feud with Eo Shirai and Mia Yim, a rematch with Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae. You know, everyone down there in NXT, even Bianca Belair, she had a a wee mini feud with her before WrestleMania. They've moved Bianca Belair up to Raw, she's not done anything yet, and Charlotte Flair at the minute is now even more overused in my opinion, because she's on every single show at the minute. She's on Raw, she's on NXT, she's on SmackDown, and I know the performers they have to use at the minute are limited, but I don't think they're limited as much to have to use Charlotte Flair every week on every show,
1: it's just it's just annoying. Especially like from before she won the NXT, there is was bored and of her And the thought when she won the Royal Rumble, to go end up fighting for the NXT Women's Championship, I was a big fan. So I was hoping that's going to be her on NXT, and that's that's the only show she's going to be on. But no, she somehow ended up getting another show under her belt. She's now appearing three times a week. It's ah, uh, she is she's brilliant, right, Charlotte? She's she's the best that that they've got. She's probably one of the best women's performers at all time. But by Christ, they do know how to make you bored of her.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like even even the best wrestlers, like you know, the point of the brand split is to not make you sick of people. It's to so the same people aren't on Raw and SmackDown every week. And just to have her on three shows, not just two, but three shows, and then have her have her constantly, at you know, the number one contenders match the other week, what was the point in her being in that match? You know, it was, it was completely pointless. You know, and the fact that even on NXT, like, she's ran through a feud with Mia Yim, like that. She's about to run through the feud with Yoshirai, are Rhea Ripley's already back in the title picture. You're just like, as you said, they know how to make you bold of her. They, they, they go through feuds too quickly in the women's division, I think. And it's why, you know, Well, the standard has certainly improved from the attitude era and while well, some of the women on today's roster can be considered some of the best wrestlers not just female wrestlers but best overall wrestlers in the world by fuck the the whole women's division they do know how to make you bold of it
1: it's it, it's something that's been rather spoken true throughout women, women being in WWE since the very beginning it's like it may, no wonder that like fans clamor for like give women's a chance like all the time, especially when you've got stuff like this, this happening, when they can't build a division right, and they have to have someone appearing three times a week and about six feuds all at once. It doesn't make any sense. Like, oh it just shows that there's no care for the women's division. All the women's divisions across all three, for me, if they're rushing into feuds too, there's no. There's no long-term thinking about it. There's much, there's nothing. They put the belt on Charlotte for the ratings more against AEW because they've been losing, apart from one week when they got bigger. They put the belt on her and she's not even boosted the ratings. You know what I mean? It's
0: Well, that's the thing, though. Look, why would you tune into NXT to NXT to see Charlotte? It's not as if Charlotte's an NXT attraction. No, she's still on Raw and still on, still on SmackDown every
1: week. It's just, it's, it's baffling. It is honestly baffling.
0: That is. Um... I did like though when she fought Asuka this week on Raw um, we see Nia Jax come out Nia's got you know the mask on and she takes off she's got Nia Jax sorry she's got Asuka's face paint on Um, Asuka's counted out she still hasn't beat Charlotte Flair I think when Charlotte drops the NXT title that'll be the feud against Asuka that'll be you know you've never beat me and I'm going to take your title and I think that's what will sort of legitimise ask his title reign because I was I was thinking like maybe it's SummerSlam maybe they could do that then you know because reports are coming out that Vince McMahon isn't keen on Shayna Baszler and she hasn't been on TV really since the Raw after Money in the Bank so maybe he's cooled off or maybe she's going to go to Smackdown who knows but Asuka v Charlotte for the Raw Women's title even though we've seen it before we've not seen a proper full blown feud between these two and I'd like to see Asuka sort of eventually overcome Charlotte
1: yeah I'd like it but I feel I'd start feeling the same way that I did with Becky Lynch and the feud. obviously I wasn't liking Becky Lynch's character at the time but even if I did we saw Becky Lynch and Asuka too much together for that feud, oh, yeah. and I feel I we'll might start getting the same start getting the same way as they did with that, with a potential Charlotte Asker feud again. Mm-hmm. No,
0: absolutely. Um, Nia takes out Asuka, basically stands tall over her. We've still got a week to go until backlash, but much like the Bobby Lashley feud, when we know he probably won't win the title. We know for definite now, Jax won't win the title but by fuck they're doing their best to make you believe she can.
1: Hi, it's a, it's, uh, I don't I just, I don't care. I, I just really don't care.
0: <laughs> so we we'll are not depress you any longer talking about Nia Jax. We'll, uh, we'll move on to the United States Championship picture. We've got Apollo Crews, the new champion. He's out there with Kevin Owens. Apollo's been told by management he can give anyone he wants a United States Championship opportunity he chooses Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens here was absolutely brilliant on the mic Apollo thinks Owens is worried that he doesn't deserve it and Owens quick as a flash says oh I deserve it but I'm just upset your first title run is going to be a really short one crowd just pop they go oh they swim right in on this trainee in the crowd I don't know who he is this big six-foot-seven guy, and he has the biggest old-I-am face on him, just like, all right, it's on now. And we get Apollo Crews versus Kevin Owens. I think if you've ever watched a wrestling show, we we all knew this was going to break down into a tag match later on.
1: Ah, it was... It was uh, I, I, see, to be honest, I haven't expected Timberto to be the one to come out and answer this open challenge and I was like, You've got to be kidding me. That's when I, that's when I was my first initial reaction when I heard this open challenge was happening. But then when Kevin Owens came out, it was like all oh, that kinda of made sense. Then you started thinking, Well, wait, Cruz bet and guards Garza bet Owens, you know, some some Tom can happen and of course it did. You can't have two top baby faces right now going at it for a title. It's just it's not it's not right in WWE's logic to have two folk that would work well with each other they are both over the crowd They are both meant to be good guys have a fight
0: yeah you, you talked about Humberto maybe being the one to answer it I think on Raw Humberto is the worst option for an open challenge I think on Smackdown when Baron Corbin answers an open challenge that's when you're like oh for fuck's sake they are just you always get so excited for an open challenge and when it's someone shit you're like oh piss off <laughs>
1: Honestly, I, really, I generally was expecting to be Umberto because I was thinking, who are they going to get? It can't be someone surprising. It can't be someone new. It'll be someone that's, in quotation marks, deserving. And Umberto's never been given a proper chance at the title or whatever you could say. So it, it would have made sense if it was him, but I'm, I'm really glad that it was Owens that came out to answer.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so Andrade and Angel Garza come in They break up the match, we get a tag team match. Um, Angel Garza and Kevin Owens continue their feud, they fight to the outside. Andrade goes for the shenanigans, tries to get the tights, tries to put his feet on the ropes, and eventually Apollo just hits him with a big sit out powerbomb, pins Andrade for the second week in a row. And Zelina Vega just looks like she looks gutted at this point like, what am I meant to do here? Um, it's all crumbling for her stable. I was going to ask you, Jack, do you see the possibility of, maybe you mentioned Owens, you know, gets pinned by Garza, but Apollo pins Andrade. Do you maybe see like a multi-man match at Backlash? Maybe like a fatal four-way for the US title? Uh, Yeah, I I don't know if maybe the US title, because I don't know
1: if the, Intercontinental title match will be a backlash or whatever. I, I hope that kind of takes precedence over this, but I could definitely see it happening it's, at some point. It'd be a good way to kind of solidify the start of a pole cruise's reign.
0: Oh no, they've announced uh, the intercontinental title match will take place the SmackDown before Backlash. So basically, they're, they're trying
1: to, to pop that the- makes perfect sense, doesn't it? You know, that's I, that, that's where you want your. I, a uh, new champion to be crowned not a uh, pay-per-view where folk are buying into to watch the show yeah
0: oh. they did the final the Cruiserweight title tournament on NXT last night and they didn't do it uh, in your house this Sunday you know a pay-per-view on the network it's just <laughs> they they are I know they need stuff for TV at times but they are ass backwards at times
1: Look, see for both like why couldn't they have say for, for the NXT Cruiserweight title, for example, it was El Fantasma and Drake Maverick. Why well, couldn't they have just had both had a sit down interview with William Regal, both giving like impassioned like pleas and promos of why they need to win this match and build the hype and build the ante for the pay per view match that folk would want to see? And instead, they just kind of oh, we'll just put it on TV. <laughs> I know uh, it's just absolutely stupid.
0: Um, so we move on for the United States title picture scene to the greatest match in the history of matches that were ever great in the history of time and space Randy Orton versus Edge Um, we mentioned last week how Edge's promo was a bit shit rhymes with grit and that's all that he mentioned in his entire promo I've got grit I came back I've got grit I've got grit as bad as Edge's promo was last week that's how good Randy Orton's was this week Randy Orton says about how people always mention he phones it and how he half-asses it. And Randy Orton says, you're right, because I'm Randy Orton. All I need to do is lace up my boots. And he says, I know you people that that I've been half-assing it for the past 10 years, and I've still done more than any of you could ever dream of. And he's just so good at the minute, Randy Orton. (laughs)
1: I loved it, I, especially acknowledging the fact that a lot of folk do claim he half half-ass because he only they only puts in the effort for stuff he cares, i.e. Like the stuff that the, the Edge match for me are coming up was a bit of a kind of a lackluster match at the end, but it was something that the promo work and the kind of effort that went into it is well recognised and you can tell that it was something he was genuinely interested in, and yet again with this promo, to acknowledge again, yeah, I do half ass it for the stuff that I don't care about. But like when I don't care about it, I still do amazing. Imagine what what it would be like if he cared about it the full time. That was the kind of the angle he was going at. He's like, I don't need to I don't need to care to beat you in a wrestling match because I can do that anyway. That's the kind of what he was getting at.
0: Yeah. And it's just <laughs> it's frustrating when Randy Orton half asses it, but see when he like cheekily tongue in cheek mentions it, you're like, oh, he's just so good, and you get that glimpse of how good he actually is, and it just makes you even more frustrated for the times you watched him maybe he was shit.
1: I know was, there, was a, there was a period where I just kind of, I felt like he was just kind of taking a paycheck. I don't I don't feel that it's, it's been as much recently. I feel there's maybe really kind of more freedom in what he's allowed to do with rivalries, especially when it's like, ah, uh, yeah you've got this big long rivalry with Edge and you won't need to wrestle all the time, you just need to cut promos all the time. He's probably like, I, I signed me up, because, like, <laughs> that's minimal effort. It still makes it seem like you're doing a lot. And especially with that being the big, Edge-Orton was the biggest thing going into the that, of That eclipsed McIntyre-Lesnar for me, because how good the storytelling was. And the, Edge, the Edge-Orton match still is eclipsing McIntyre and Bobby Lashley for me, because they're both still putting like serious amount of work for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: we got a promo with Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels says he's going to go with Edge to pick up the victory. He thinks experience will pay off and he thinks that, you know, Edge has much more to prove. Uh, apparently Christian is going to be on Raw next week. So I think it's clear he's going to pick Randy Orton because of the rivalry, but... Randy Orton that he had um, but it is quite a cool aspect that they are bringing legends back for this thing sort of like they did in the build up to Scene at Resume 28 you had like the big show you had Austin you had Jericho all you know cutting promos basically saying who they think would win I, I like it I'm, I'm looking
1: forward to seeing Edge and Christian back at it again hopefully you know Orton Orton crashed it and just playing like maybe you can imagine Christian and Edge will be having their good old tongue-in-cheek power again and whatnot. I just want Orton to come in and just kind of bring that like, a dose of reality. Like, if I not be, beat you multiple times, and am I not gonna beat you this weekend and you're out here having fun? I want I I want something like that to come out of it next week. You know how <laughs> You
0: mentioned, obviously, Edge and Christian back at it again. I 100% forgot about Edge and Christian just because I was thinking solely about Christian's world title run. Completely <laughs> forgot,
1: you know, the thing that made him famous. Edge and fucking Christian. I didn't tell say that. She just, she'd come slap you the new for it.
0: <laughs> there you go. There. Edge to join Christian for the peep show this Monday. I thought it was going to be like a... like one of those... Floating head sort of things That Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin have done The past few weeks
1: No, I'm pretty sure it is Like an actual peep show Thing that's happening
0: Aye okay, well. well it will be good to see
1: Christian back, he
0: is one of my favourites I loved him in TNA I was raging that he never got The proper chances I think he should have got In WWE You know what I want I want Christian back as well you know what I mean he's not as injured as Edge you know what I mean Like he could easily get back in the ring and have a good feud with anyone
1: obviously you know like we'd, we'd we'd love Christian to kind of like just come back and be a former guy but would he actually do it I don't know maybe if WWE threw a certain amount of money in his face just to appease us to, he, he could he could come back and have a couple of more matches you know what I mean but fat chance
0: I mean, much like he used to say on SmackDown, I just need him to come back for one more match. (laughs) We do need that one more match. One more match for the world title. It's not even a title anymore. I just want to see him run about WWE archives looking for the world title. (laughs) (laughs) Bring Teddy long back as well, why not? Oh for fuck's sake. You'll give Alan a heart attack. It's amazing how much Kwaku loves Terry Long and yet on an equal scale, (laughs) Alan fucking (laughs) hates him. He absolutely fucking hates him.
1: Well, I love Terry Long. I thought Terry Long
0: was brilliant. I liked him, but I think he overstayed his welcome. See, once he wasn't general manager, he just sort of floated about for this weird two year period, just doing fuck all. And I was like, gonna piss off? I I know what you mean. To be fair, that, that'd be somebody that'd be a good manager for somebody.
1: Pretty Long, trying yeah, you know, to try, bring back ten-man tag matches versus clients, like in the ring, like performance, and he's just like, "Holla, holla, holla!"
0: Oh, I I'd, I'd have them manage a manager tag team and just challenge the tag champs, just like we want a tag team match, player,
1: holla. I really want that now
0: I really <laughs> do want that now Before we start trying to bring back other general managers like Eric Bischoff and all that we'll, we'll, we'll kind of cut our losses here we'll just we'll, we'll agree that this is the stopping point for this week's show
1: uh, I bet because we can go on for ages about how much we want Bischoff back but he'll probably give <laughs> us a a good like few hour interview about why why he won't ever come back <laughs>
0: so that is going to do it here for us on the Raw Report I've been Ross McLeod you've been Jack Graham Jack thanks for being you
1: i well, always be me Ross I'll
0: never change don't you ever change darling uh, tune in to, anyway back to the wrestling released later on this week we don't know when it's going to be released um, to hear Ryan Wilson's predictions for takeover in your house this Sunday uh, we'll put the predictions up online as well at suplex retweet on twitter facebook instagram and youtube we'll make sure that our predictions are up there and you can follow along with the best of five series thank you very much and goodbye